I'd like to talk about a subtlety that has to do with the translation of ancient Greek New Testament manuscripts into English. The word gift appears in both of two passages that we're going to look at closely today. But it is two different Greek words that have been translated into the word gift in these two passages. The first passage is from Peter chapter 4. The second is from Acts chapter 2. We're going to see that there's a world of difference between the word gift in the passage from Acts, which is translated from the Greek word doria, and the word gift in the quote from 1 Peter, which is translated from the Greek word charisma or charismata in the plural. Doria means in a literal translation, simply gift. But charisma means much more. In Acts chapter 2, Pentecost has arrived and the Holy Spirit has visited the apostles as tongues of fire. Then people from a wide area have come to Jerusalem for the festival. And they are bewildered because each person hears the apostles speaking in their own native language, not the native Aramaic, which is related to Hebrew, of the apostles. Peter then addresses the crowd, talking about the way Jesus came as a fulfillment of the Old Testament promises of a Messiah in the line of David. The apostles are awed by this sermon, and Peter tells the other apostles, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, so that your sins may be forgiven, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Peter uses the word doria, gift, to refer only to the unearned granting of the Holy Spirit upon every believer. Although this is an incredible gift, he's only focusing on the unearned nature of it. In 1 Peter, the author, who's probably not truly the Apostle Peter, but rather a follower of his, likely someone who knew Peter personally, is giving advice to various churches and believers. This, quote, letter is really a circular sermon meant to encourage people who are being persecuted and to give them advice on how to live in an extremely alien and corrupt culture. The author advises this, As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God Whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies, in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. He tells them that believers are servants, that we're to use our gifts from God to act as God's hand in this world. When he refers to gifts that we've received from God, he uses the word charismata, not dorie, 
the plural of Doria. He's focusing on an important fact that these gifts aren't just free. They come from the gracious heart of God. They're powerful spiritual gifts. And this is where we get our word charisma. These gifts allow us to touch other people in deeply spiritual ways. What are these gifts? Some of them are specialized things like being able to be an oracle and inspire others to find God. But one great charisma is Jesus. Another is the Holy Spirit within us. Recently, Wendy and I were in Egypt. At one point, we were visiting a shop in the ancient capital Luxor, or Thebes. The shop sold vases. I spoke with a man who was 75 years old. He was wearing an old white robe called a dishdasha and a turban. He said that he had learned his trade of hand-carving pots out of single blocks of alabaster from his father, who had learned the trade from his father, etc., etc., back more generations than he knew. Alabaster is a soft, translucent stone, and after we bought a truly stunning vase from the man he worked for, I asked this older craftsman if I could take his picture. He said yes, and he let me take his portrait. Then when I gave him a U.S. $5 bill, he gave me a gentle smile, and he kissed my cheek. It was a lot of money to him, clearly. He had a soft expression on his face, one that spoke of many years of sitting on the ground in a simple shop, making vase after vase after vase. Looking into his eyes was like looking deeply back into the generations of men in his family. But what I gave him was only a duria. What he gave me was something from the depths of his soul. It didn't rank as charisma, but I'm trying to give you an idea of how these two words compare. It was nothing for me to give him $5, but yes, it was a gift. I hadn't promised to pay him, and the norm in Egypt would have been to have given him perhaps five Egyptian pounds, about 16 U.S. cents, as a tip. In comparison, though, this man could have just pocketed the money. But he wanted to offer me a thanks that came from deep within his heart. It was a gift that was deeply touching. I will never forget it. Here's the beginning of chapter 12 of 1 Corinthians. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to mute idols. However, you were led. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the Spirit of God ever says, Jesus is accursed. And no one who can say, Jesus is Lord, except in the Holy Spirit. Now, there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. Let's start with the second to last verse of this passage. 
Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the Spirit of God ever says, Jesus is accursed. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit. Paul is telling these new believers that the Holy Spirit indwells only those who believe. This is why the verse before this says that when they were pagans, before they became followers of Jesus, and they worshipped lifeless idols of wood and metal and stone, they were led astray. Because pagans do not have the Holy Spirit living within them. And the first verse of our quote from 1 Corinthians says that he wants them to be aware of their spiritual gifts. In other words, now that they believe, they have the Holy Spirit within them, and they are receiving great spiritual gifts. In verse 1, where we read spiritual gifts, the text only has the word spiritual, which is pneumaikon in the original Greek. Paul's equating being spiritual with having received a great gift. In verse 4, where we read the word gifts, he's now using the word charismata. Paul's saying that when we worship God and not things made by people, the Holy Spirit comes upon us and we can now be truly spiritual people. When we were in Egypt, we visited several ancient pagan temples, ones that predated Christianity and long predated the Muslim invasion of the ancient land of the pharaohs. These temples had intricate carvings on them, some depicting scenes of the ancient Egyptian world, some with hieroglyphics on them. Temple engravings always include many images of the Egyptian pagan gods. The Egyptians tended to decorate the entire surface of the ceilings, the structural columns, and the walls with engravings that were then painted colorfully. Most of the paint, but not all, is gone now, with only the engravings remaining, at least for the most part. In those first, second, and third centuries after Jesus was born, Roman emperors persecuted Christians. They were hunted down and killed. As it turns out, when the Romans took over much of North Africa, including Egypt, the several thousand-year run of the Pharaonic Empire ended. The temples fell into disuse. Christians discovered them and used them as hiding places. They lived and worshipped in ancient Egyptian temples. The soot from their cooking and heating fires can be seen on the ceilings of these temples. The guide that showed Wendy and me through several of these temples kept repeating with great disgust that the Christians, quote, defaced the temples by hammering away the faces of the pagan gods. What he failed to mention was that the temples had been abandoned, and the Christians, like everyone else, had long forgotten how old the temples were. In truth, some of them were only a couple of hundred years old. At any extent, the Christians also added new carvings here and there, in the way of an occasional small, simple cross. 
These early Christians, in their determination to scratch out pagan icons, were motivated primarily by a major tenet of our faith. We're not looking just for Daria gifts from God. We want charisma gifts. We do this by shunning worldly gods. The walls of those temples were covered with images that looked like humans, because that was how ancient pagans saw their gods, as human-like creatures who controlled various aspects of people's lives. They had hundreds of gods. They gave birth to each other and fought each other. Seth was the god of violence. Osiris was in charge of death, and he himself was murdered and dismembered by his brother, Seth. Isis was a female, and she gave succor to the dead. Re controlled the sun. Hathor embodied motherhood. Thoth was the god of riding. Amon was the god of air. The list goes on and on. The Christians who hid, lived, and worshipped in pagan temples saw a close relationship between the gods of ancient Egypt and the gods of their oppressors, the Romans. This is why they scratched out their stone faces. And in acknowledgement of there being only one god, they only occasionally chiseled small crosses on the walls of their hiding places. They weren't trying to conjole many gods into giving them the things they needed to live. The early Christians were thanking a single god for charismata that allowed them to serve God even under the most oppressive and dangerous of situations. The word charisma or charismata derives directly from the Greek word charis, which means grace. There's a strong relationship between the gift of the Holy Spirit, a gift that is charisma, because it lets us be truly and deeply spiritual, and God's gift of grace to us. They are all aspects of one thing. We have the Holy Spirit within us, teaching us and guiding us in the ways of God when we must make important decisions in life. And those decisions can come upon us quickly, and they can come upon us in very subtle ways. We also have God's grace within us. With grace comes forgiveness, protection, and the unquestioned love of God for us. Grace pulls us toward God at all times, like a magnet, drawn to a heavy, massive presence that cannot be ignored. Grace balances out the depravity of everyday human life. Along with the Holy Spirit, along with grace, we get other charismata, gifts that allow us to live as spiritual beings, not just animals struggling to survive. Charismata can be translated also as an endowment. Just as a wealthy person might leave a vast sum of money so that a college can be funded indefinitely off the interest of the investment only, 
God gives us a series of incredible gifts that allow us to stay in a state of grace with the Holy Spirit directing us, inspiring us for our entire lives. In fact, charismata never stop being bestowed upon us. People often joke about regifting or the practice of taking an ugly sweater that someone gave us last Christmas and giving it to someone else next Christmas. A charisma is, in a positive sense, like that. We can pass it on in a way. And unlike the red sweater with a giant snowman on it, we can give it to someone without losing it ourselves. Here's 1 Corinthians just a little bit later in chapter 12. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. And God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, helping and administering, and various kinds of tongues. The Greek word translated to gifts in this passage is charismata. Paul is telling the believers in Corinth that they are now part of the body of Christ, the church. God has appointed apostles, prophets, and teachers, as well as those who can perform miracles. He's also given the charismata of healing, helping, administering, and speaking in various languages. Notice that he does not say that some people are bishops, others are pastors, others are elders, and others are lay servants. Paul uses these words that denote titles in the church elsewhere in his letters, and he deliberately used different terms in this passage. This is because this passage focuses on the tasks that believers of all types and titles can perform and it does not focus on their statuses or positions in the church. God wants people to be his apostles in that they are lifelong evangelists. Other of us are prophets to whom God speaks, although we know of no prophets since the time of Jesus. Others teach, and he doesn't mean math and spelling. He's referring to teaching the faith, what we believe and why. Finally, there are those of us who are led by the Holy Spirit and inspired by God's grace to heal, help, and administer. And some of us translate or interpret for people who know differing languages or come from different cultures. Two of these gifts are meant in both a literal and a spiritual fashion. We call upon God to heal those who are sick in body or corrupt spiritually and we help those who need direction or need guidance to find or renew their faith. The last is spiritual only. We administer not the public library, but the church itself, organizing the collective body of God. While we do not literally give people charismata, we inspire others to believe and to accept charismata from God. The lesson of the charismata is that they're at the heart of who we are as believers. The charismata given to us by God come with our faith, and they're what we use throughout our lives to serve God.
We should live every day in thanks for the wonder of these gifts. They grow with us as we age. They never become stagnant. Society may dismiss people who are not wealthy or famous or in a position of power. Our earthly contributions may be dismissed by society at some point. But God plants the seed of the Holy Spirit within us, fills us with grace, and we're guided and inspired to use our charismata in ever more creative fashions throughout our lives. Charismatic can be obvious gifts, like being skilled in language or music, or they can be subtle gifts, like being able to convey a sense of calm to those around you. Charismata are those gifts that help you bring people to God, gifts that help others see that a life of love, forgiveness, and grace is a joyous life. Charismata will keep us relevant to the church for our entire lives. With charismata, the gifts of faith, the gifts of spirit, we will always find creative ways to represent God on this planet.